Hey everybody, when you hear that music, you know it is time for yet another exciting year of On the Lighter Side of Baseball. And let me tell you what, I am pumped up. This is going to be a great year. This is our fifth year on Spotify, SoundCloud, and Apple iTunes. I'm not sure what that means, but it means that you can get this podcast anytime, anywhere that you want to. I'm sure that all of you use either Apple, Spotify, or SoundCloud. If not, send me a note. And uh, we will go from there to get more exciting avenues for you to listen to this podcast because this year the podcast is going to be absolutely magnificent. I'm pumped up. I have refreshed my attitude. It was slumping a little bit as we went into the World Series and the 35 days of playoffs. Oh, my God. As I told you in our last podcast last year, two months ago, the World Series ended on October 6th. 1959, when the Dodgers finally won Game 6 over my Chicago White Sox. Uh, Since then, I've been a diehard White Sox fan until they tore down Comiskey Park. And uh, I'll tell you what, now that the White Sox are off of managerial life support, goodbye, Tony La Russa. We have a new boss in town, a young guy, an exciting guy, Pedro Griffola. I'm sure I'm pronouncing his last name wrong, but the dude was the bench coach for the Royals for the last two years, working with Mike Matheny and Dayton Moore, and I'm sure he's got a pretty good resume to go with all of that. I think it's important for the composition of the entire roster of the White Sox uh, to have a Latin American coach. I think that's going to be exciting, and hey, the rumor is Sal Perez is going to join the White Sox. Would that be spectacular? Eh, probably not going to happen. Salvi has a pretty good contract, although not uh, certainly comparative to the contracts that have been signed in the offseason this year. But he's got a good contract. He's a loyal guy, wants to stay in Kansas City. And I would say to Salvador Perez, you need to be on the same page as John Sherman, the owner of the Royals. If you're not, if the Royals aren't going to do anything, and let me tell you what, their their payroll right now is not even as much as Verlander. That's right. The payroll as it stands right now, today, if the Royals make no more transactions, uh, if they lose no arbitration, their payroll is less than Justin Verlander's. Huh. What? You know... Unbelievable, unbelievable. In fact, if you take, and then the, the, when I talk about the lighter side of baseball, the lighter side of the wallet would be Cohen, the owner of the New York Mets, because if he does conclude the Correa deal, which is really weird, I don't know if anybody cares or follows it, but Correa has been with the Twins. He finished his contractual obligations, and then he went to the Giants for a gigantic contract, I believe. He went somewhere. Then the Giants started looking at the medical records and said, no deal. No deal to Correa, which is a pretty weird weird deal. So the Mets and Cohen go, well, we've signed everybody else in the world. We are blowing through the luxury tax. We have Lindor. We have Scherzer. We have Verlander. And we have other guys that we have signed that you may not have heard of, but we're paying them a lot of money. And so we'll offer Correa a spectacularly high contract. Here we go again. And they start doing their medical 
due diligence, and lo and behold, that deal has gone south. But forget Korea for a minute. The annual average value of Scherzer, Verlander, and Lindor, not to mention some of the other deals, exceeds by double the payroll of 10 teams in Major League Baseball. (laughs) I mean, this is zero competition. When you talk about a competitive professional sport, you look at the NFL, they're sort of competitive. At least their payrolls are competitive. When the payrolls are competitive, then it depends upon the three three factors. The president slash head of football operations, the general manager who reports to the president, and the coach. All three of those guys, I presume, are involved in the drafting. All three of them are involved in the game preparation. All three of them are involved in the roster. And, uh, you know, even though it's an equal field, generally speaking, with the salary cap in NFL football, you still have the dogs. You that is, you know, and I know we're baseball, but it's still the end of football season. So we're going to talk a little bit about football. We're going to talk about, I know you guys have missed my voice. Uh, the uh, women fans have had a hard time sleeping. They like to turn on the letters out of baseball and drift off to sleep. Now, does my podcast cure insomnia? A lot of people say it does. I don't care. It's great. You know, it just boosts my salary that there's yet another. I don't get a salary. There's another way to enjoy the letters out of baseball. But back to football. The Houston Texans, coached by, what does Lovey Smith have on the world? You got me. I mean, he's got a great beard. He's got the beard of the year. If there's anybody with a better beard than Lovey Smith, I want to know about it. And uh, judging on the response I got, uh, first of all, nobody answered the correct way, so I didn't know anybody a barbecue lunch out in Kansas City. That question was, who has a higher payroll, the Houston Astros or the wild-card Philadelphia Phillies? Everybody's going, well, if we can just be like the Phillies and get into the wild-card, then we can win the World Series, which they almost did, but for the Astros. The Phillies had the fourth-highest payroll in baseball, and if you've listened to this show, you know I kind of dwell endlessly on the payrolls. If you're in the top 10 payrolls in baseball, you have a 70% chance of getting into the playoffs and maybe even higher, and that has been borne out Year after year after year, certainly all five years I've done this podcast. So, anyway, the NFL has some dogs. And and I tell you what, the entire city of Chicago has suffered through the worst franchises in sports history cumulatively in 2023. No, I am not being prophetic, pathetic maybe. My memory's going. You know, I had another birthday here, 2022. And into 2023, because the Bulls and the Blackhawks span the year. 22-23 would be the current season for the Chicago Bulls, who have played marvelously under their potential. They beat the Bucks twice. They've beat some of the top teams in the league multiple times, and they can't beat anybody else. They can't win on the road. They can't win at home. They are pathetic. And they don't have a star. Name a star. I can't. Levine, DeRozas, I don't know. Would I go pay to see those guys? No way. Now, given the fact that the Arizona 
foot, no, the Arizona, yeah, I think it was the uh, Arizona NBA, the uh, Phoenix Suns, sorry about that, and the women NBA, the Phoenix whatever they are, Mercury maybe, near the sun, but part of the solar system. That's a good planet, Mercury. You don't hear much about Mercury. Now, there was a great wide receiver. (laughs) This is is the, you know, it's January. Come on, we got another month before pitchers and catchers report. Mercury Morris. There's a name from the past. That was a guy was a great wide receiver. So today is kind of shoot from the hip day. I'm going to start doing these, trying to get once a week with a guest. And yeah, there'll be some of the same old guests, and maybe I can sneak a new guy in there. You never know. Anyway, I had some good guests last year. Come on. Duke Wathen was good. Denier's always good. Craig Kashan is spectacular. He's really a co-host. Wathen offered the position of co-host. That was fun. Anyway, the Bears sucked. They were pathetic. Oh, my God. And so if they win, <laughs> I'm... Oh, yeah, that was funny. I went to the opening day. It was like a torrential downpour on brand-new turf with no drainage, and they beat the 49ers, one of the best teams in football, a playoff team. Yeah. They've won two games since opening day, and they've lost, like, everything in the world in the last two or three months. They play the Vikings. If everything holds true to form and the Bears get slaughtered by the – no, yeah, the Vikings, who are looking for the number one seed, um, the Bears could get the first draft choice. And if the Texans, coached by Lovey, the guy with the beard, I mean, Lovey bottomed out the Bears. He destroyed the fighting Illini, and he's won, what, two, two games with the uh, Texans. How's this guy keep getting paid? I mean, I can't believe it. This may be the worst podcast, but gee, many Christmas. I mean, I got a few listeners out there, and the listeners grow every every day. But, okay, back to the Chicago doldrums. Bulls suck. The Blackhawks were advertised as the worst team in hockey, and they have lived up to that claim. They suck. I mean, they absolutely suck. And so they span the New Year's, 22-23. I mean, poor Kane and Taze, give them a break. Get them, give them the Rizzo treatment. Get them out of town. What good are they? They can't help win the deal when the front office is absolutely horrible. Their coaching staff is a revolving door. And, uh, you know, they're as bad as the Bears and the Bulls. So, boy, it's a long winter. Luckily, we've had an average of... Like, no snow. So even though it's a little chilly, you know, I'm going to go for a walk outside, walk over to the gym, do a little workout, come back, and enjoy getting ready for uh, high school basketball tonight. Woohoo! Yeah, that's right. I'm going to hit the old alma mater, go to the gym, and uh, suffer through a high school basketball game for some reason. I can't even tell you why. But anyway... The rest of the pathetic 22-23 old would have been the league-leading pathetic team, the Chicago Cubs. Holy moly, they were so bad people stopped going to the games. That's like Disney World shutting down, you know? 
But even the tourists were a little bored. Now, the ticket prices on StubHub dropped to $12 a ticket. I paid about 100 for uh, average of my tickets, maybe a little higher. Um, but here's the great deal about baseball. Hope springs eternal, and the key word in that is spring, because you betcha, we are now a month away from spring training, plus or minus a few days, and things are looking up on not only the south side, but the north side. Now, I have a lot of reasons, and I'm going to go over them, a lot of reasons to be optimistic about the new season, and I am. Last year sucked. The games were too long, the shift was ridiculous, and there was no excitement. I predicted that the Cardinals would win the World Series, I think. And then when it was just the Phillies and the Astros, I predicted the Phillies in six. And uh, my viewers, my listeners, pointed out that I was absolutely horrible at making predictions. And uh, I went back and listened to the tape today just to make sure that I was as miserable as some of the people pointed out that listened to the show. And they did. Hey, buddy, you call yourself a baseball guy. You picked the Cardinals to win the World Series as a Cub fan? Ho, <laughs> ho. Now... Now the Cardinals will be the favorite to win the Central Division. And let me tell you what, why in the world is it that the Central Division teams in both the American League and the National League just feel like, oh, we don't have to really be good. We just have to be better than fill in the blank. So the Cardinals with Nolan Arenado, I think the best player in baseball, and uh, Goldschmidt at first base, and now the best catcher in baseball. That's right. They have... The Cubs' former catcher, and oh my goodness gracious, is that a sad, sad deal. While the, the, lead, the division is filled with catchers named Willie Contreras. You, you've got Wilson Contreras now flipping over to the Cardinals, signing a, a five-year contract that the Cubs could have sneezed at and signed the guy. In five years, he's barely getting what... Uh, Verlander and uh, these other guys are getting. I mean, even, uh, you know, God, the four shortstops, Trey Turner, uh, Correa eventually, uh, you've got Xander Bogart, and uh, then you've got the Cubs snagging Dansby Swanson, which I think is a good deal, good deal. Cubs have a pretty darn good three infielders, (laughs) three, and no shift. So, I know, you need another guy to stand in the dirt on the, between the infield grass and the outfield grass at third base. And he can't shift over to second base like they've been doing for the last 15 years. No, logic has prevailed in Major League Baseball. So who's going to be at third base? Man, can Madrigal throw over to third, first base? Is Wisdom going to be all right? Will Simo be okay? Simo's the only nickname that I can come up with on the Cubs. That's right, Chris Morrell. You remember Morrell. He and Wisdom combined for more strikeouts than anybody in baseball, but that's okay. We got a new hitting coach. Things are looking up on the north side. I'm telling you what, I'm pumped. We got a pretty good pitching staff, I think. We got that guy from, uh, uh, we've got the guy from uh, New York, Talon. I think that Jameson Talon, is that his name? Let me go to my notes. 
my cryptic notes and look and find out if Talon, uh, I did a death chart. If I could find that note, um, that'd be good. The Cubs have uh, uh, Stroman, they have uh, Hendricks, they have uh, Smiley and Talon. Okay, and then a host of other guys. Maybe we'll sign back Miley to have Miley and Smiley. Uh, that's good. I am long on the Cubs. They're going to win the Central Division. You heard it here first. The Brewers have gone south. I don't know what the Brewers are doing. They have uh, they have just done absolutely nothing. And so uh, that's the south side. Let me recap. They got they got my man Eric Hosmer for the major league minimum, best deal that Hoyer's made ever. Uh, I think. Hosmer at Wrigley Field will hit 30 home runs. You heard it here. I am pumped. That puts Bellinger in center field part of the time, and then he can DH part of the time with Simo going out there to spell him a little bit. I'm telling you what, I think David Ross and his staff are going to do spectacular things. You've heard it. What the hell has Uretsky been drinking? Nothing. I am high on life at Wrigley Field. And then you throw in no shift, two throws to first base, a pitch clock, and I think baseball is going to come back to three hours or under, and it's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. Man, Bellinger without a shift is going to hit 300. Yep. Okay. I'll get back to the Cubs, I'm sure, a thousand times. I'm going to take a short break, and when I come back, I'm going to talk about the White Sox. And then I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, some of the sad uh, folks that have passed away during the 22 uh, season. So let's take a little break. I'll uh, unwind. And when we come back, uh, we will be talking a little bit more about on the letter side of baseball. And uh, the owners are light. Uh, some of the owners, 20 of the owners are, are, boy, spending some money. The Rangers are spending some money. It's exciting. Now, what do you do about the A's and the Royals and those guys? I don't know, man. You know, new schedule, too. That's exciting. Hold on. We'll be right back. Spotify, Apple, and uh, SoundCloud. And this is uh, Jamie Risk on the letter side of baseball. And I'm pumped up, folks. We're going to have fun this year. Fun, fun, fun. And that's it. Hey, all you letter side of baseball fans, and I appreciate every one of you. We're going we're gonna to hopefully have some new guests this year. We're going to hopefully branch out. We're going to maybe take some of these trips on the road like I've been promising to do. I'm going to be at the south side at the, whatever that field is called, Guaranteed Rate Field, the home of the Chicago White Sox. And now for a minute... I'd like to talk about the White Sox because they will be the only team in Chicago playing baseball that doesn't have a sports betting facility on their property. So how do you keep Joe Jackson and Pete Rose out of the Hall of Fame? You got me hanging. I mean, let them in. Let them in. You know, baseball and betting, baseball and sponsorships, they finally decided last year that the umpires could try to get a little bit like NASCAR guys with, um, you know, uh, sponsors stapled all over their uniforms. And who does Major League Baseball pick? And they have slid under the radar, folks. Major League Baseball, on their uniform, on every pitch of every game the entire year, from spring training 
to the World Series, and I don't know how many thousands of games that entails, the umpires, when you looked in on the pitch, had on their chest FTX. That's right, folks, FTX. If you've watched TV, if you're awake, FTX was the, was the uh, uh, scam, the Ponzi, the Madoff, uh, the guy that stole more money than Madoff did on, uh, uh, you know, the, the Bitcoin wannabes. And um, he's presently out on bond. How <laughs> this guy got bond. He's in house arrest with his parents in their mansion in California while he awaits trial in the Southern District of New York Federal Court for numerous counts of fraud, money laundering, and they'll get around to RICO, I'm sure. Um, at any rate, the umpires had taken money. Major League Baseball now owns all the umpires, too. They own everything. They, they basically get money from anything and everything, from the hats to the shoes to the uniforms to the sponsorships. And so where the NASCAR guys might have um, on their labels, you know, uh, Pennzoil, the umpires had FTX, the biggest scam ever, and the umpires got some of that dirty money, uh, along with, you know, some of the other guys that have been implicated in taking money. Not implicated in any crime. Implicated is a bad word. But some of the folks that came out originally, uh, you had the guy that uh, Larry, whatever his name is, from Seinfeld, Larry David, or David Larry. You had the, uh, Pat, uh, the not Pat Brady, but uh, uh, the Brady that plays football. You had um, the... Oh, my gosh, there's just a lot of people that have been implicated in taking the money, but the Major League Baseball umpires never came, uh, never came under the scrutiny. You had Kevin, the guy on the Sharks. He was one of the leading. These guys did promos for FTX. Oh, man, this is great. This is a great deal. It's safe. Send your money to FTX and uh, make coins on uh, things that don't exist. And not only... Is it hard to figure out what is tangible about uh, this type of currency? But the what not only didn't exist was your money that you invested. Now, I'm not saying anybody of our listeners invested it, but it gone, and uh, that's the way it goes. Here today, gone to Maui. Speaking of Maui, we're going to try to get Mike Diaz back. One of the greatest guests we've ever had. I'd ask two questions, and he went on and on and on. I'm going to give him a call, get him on early in the year. Anywhere, where were we? We were talking about the White Sox and some of the deals they made. Um, their pitching staff is going to uh, be better than ever with Giolito, Lynn, Cease, Kopech, and Clevenger. They added Clevenger, pretty good guy for their fifth guy. Um, then they've got a pretty good uh, pretty good lineup. They were pretty good last year. The problem was they started the second season of the Tony La Russa, uh, Walking Dead um, episode. And let me tell you what. Uh, La Russa may have been a good manager. He's in the Hall of Fame, da-da-da-da-da. Uh, he's, I'm not a fan, never was. He fired Nelly. 
I told you that. Total disclaimer. Dave Nelson is the reason I do this podcast. We're uh, over 150 in podcasts. And, uh, you know, Larissa just wasn't my favorite guy. So he's gone. Uh, the White Sox made a few good moves in the offseason. The best was another Royal coming over, Andrew Benatendi. Pretty good deal. So I think the White Sox, with Pedro managing and Mancato and Robert and Jimenez and uh, Noah Abreu, but they're fine in terms of the hitting and the catching and all that good stuff, I think they're going to be fine. I think they're going to be absolutely fine. So um, I'm excited about the White Sox. I'm going to go to some games. God, uh, the manager is really going to be good. And um, I think that the players are going to like him. I don't think there's going to be any funny stuff that was going on last year. And hopefully they'll get a new training staff because the training staff. Now, not a doctor. The training staff appeared to have an awful lot of guys with leg injuries, so that shouldn't happen. And uh, there we are. So we're going to move on from the White Sox. We're going to move on from sponsorships. The betting at Wrigley Field is gross, but I'm willing to overlook that because I am pumped up for uh, this coming season. Now, we're going to try to feature every podcast a player that we think is deserving of being featured on this show. And first and foremost will be, next episode, Crime Dog. That's right, Crime Dog was elected in some hokey, hokey Hall of Fame election. I got to tell you, um, it, it came out of nowhere. And supposedly, you know, they used to have a veterans committee. And the veterans committee shot craps finally, and they decided to make a new committee that would take into account three or four different subsections every three or four different years. You know, recent stars, uh, stars that weren't so recent, uh, guys that maybe weren't in the uh, major leagues but were in the Negro Leagues. And so I, I couldn't figure it out. Nobody knew how the committee was formed was formed of eight players and eight other people. Um, One of the players was Greg Maddox. Another player was Chipper Jones. Another player was John Smoltz. Now, so you got three Braves right there. Now, Chipper got sick and couldn't serve. But I think, you know, Andrew Jones is on the ballot for the real Hall of Fame voting this year. Um, How in the world... um, Maddox didn't get uh, Dale Murphy elected, beyond me. But anyway, there was one guy that came out of there, and that was Crime Dog. That's right, Fred McGriff. So Fred kind of covers both the players and uh, African-Americans in baseball, but next program we're going to feature someone from the Negro Leagues that maybe isn't as famous as Josh Gibson or Satchel Page, or Buck O'Neill. But Fred McGriff deserved to be in the Hall of Fame along with a lot of other guys like Tommy John and Roger Maris. I'll say it again and again. 
How are they not even considering Roger Maris? He won two MVPs with guys named Mickey Mantle on and uh, Yogi Berra and uh, other studs on his team. And he was the MVP twice. And he broke Babe Ruth's record. So, come on. Now, we've had some exciting free agent signings that we're going to get to in a little bit. But before we do... I'd like to pause and go over some of the guys that not everybody. This is a, you know, the tough thing about getting old, and I am rounding the base of 72, heading to 73. A lot of guys that um, not only were my baseball cards, but were my my heroes growing up are, uh, you know, going to the uh, uh, diamond in the sky. No, that's not a name for a new podcast, although that would be a pretty good podcast featuring those who have gone into the diamond of the sky. But um, let's talk a little bit about it, because I, and I'm going to talk about some of the connections I had with them, a few connections. You know, I've had many, many weird connections in baseball. Some people that uh, listen to the show are not in awe, because most of my connections aren't that awesome. Uh, you know, some were. Some were. Don Mattingly. Don is alive and well. Uh, he left the Miami Marlins managerial job, and he is now the hitting coach for the Toronto Blue Jays. Very fitting. They've got an awesome team. They could be a contender, not a pretender. Now, Don Mattingly should be in the Hall of Fame. He was on that committee. You, I mean, not the committee. He was on the ballot. They, they had eight guys to consider. Now, I don't have that information. I'm going just from my brain and my, my memory fades sometimes. But these are all fun subjects that we hadn't had a chance to talk about. They had eight guys on there. They had the bad boys and the good guys. Bad guys, good guys. The bad guys were Kurt Schilling, Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, and some freaking way... You know, you could have had Manny Ramirez. You could have had um, Palmero. I'm not a crook. I never used steroids. Well, maybe I did. But they had Albert Bell. I love Albert. Played golf with Albert. Uh, Nellie and I took on Jason Grimsley and Albert Bell in a skins game in Orlando, Florida. That's the game, you know, I told you Nellie and I arrived in our Ford Pinto. Our clubs barely fit in the car. Um, Grimsley arrived in a Jaguar XKE, and Albert arrived in his Porsche, and Nellie and I cleaned their clock. Now, you know, Grimsley is a good golfer. I mean, I've never seen anybody hit a one-iron, striping it, 180 down the middle, with old equipment. Grimsley, a good guy. I've got to get him back on the show. I think he'll come back on the show. Anyway, uh, Nellie and I took... Uh, Albert, but anyway, that wasn't why Albert was on the ballot. I mean, Albert um, could hit. Mandy could hit. Palmero could hit. Let him in the Hall of Fame. Keep Clemens and Bonds out of the Hall of Fame. Let everybody else in. That's my opinion. And so the good guys, if I can remember, were Dale Murphy, Don Mattingly, Fred McGriff, and somebody else. And the... Mattingly should have gotten in. Murphy should have gotten in. And uh, McGriff got in. So that's good. Crime Dog deserved to be in. 
And so, hooray for him. Now, we've got the Hall of Fame ballot voting going on now for the other guys. And the word is that probably nobody else will make it into the Hall of Fame. Now, selfishly, I I don't know why, but I have two or three autographed Todd Helton bats. So I'm kind of pulling for Todd to get in. That'll, That'll increase the value I figure a bat's worth 90 to 100 bucks, not signed. You add Helton's autograph, it's worth another 25 bucks. So come on, get in the Hall of Fame. Jeff Kent, uh, I'm not sure he's still on the ballot. Andrew Jones, I think he's on the ballot. Um, we'll see. We'll see who gets in, who doesn't. But uh, that'll be exciting because in addition to Fred McGriff... From the old time guys. Pat Hughes, the voice of the Chicago Cubs, is his turn in the limelight at Cooperstown as he enters the Hall of Fame as a broadcaster. And that's great. Now, what in the world is the Hall of Fame broadcasting without my good friend Dwayne Stats? Dwayne will be on the podcast soon. And, uh, I just can't figure it out. There, there's head scratchers. Tommy John, Roger Maris, Dwayne Stats, Tom Hamilton. Come on, guys. But there's some, uh, there's some good broadcasters. You know, whew, the, speaking of broadcasters, I thought the playoffs had some good guys, but it wasn't the broadcasting crew for the World Series. Smoltzy is smart. He's just as exciting as watching paint dry. Joe Davis, not Joe Buck. He's okay. He's getting better. I mean, he's got the Dodger gig. And uh, with that, and a segue from the Dodgers, let's talk a little bit about, and this isn't anything to be sad about, you know, uh, it's a long list of guys. I've picked some of the guys that unfortunately have Passed away and gone to the diamond in the sky. I think that was a song. Something. Diamonds in the sky. Ah, anyway, you song buffs. Got a buddy out there in Kansas City that I'm sure within a second and a half he would know what's in the sky. And I'm not talking about Lucy in the sky with diamonds. I'm talking about something else in the sky. Anyway, sorry, folks. No, I'm not a singer. I'm not a songwriter. But I am going to talk a little bit about some of the guys that passed away in 2022. And first and foremost, the most famous was, it's time for Dodgers baseball. Vin Scully. Oh, my goodness gracious. He not only was a great broadcaster, but a great corporate uh Tycoon. He started his own company to find out info on everybody. Ah, Billy Bob Baniski played third base for his Little League team, and he stole four bases and was the first guy to chew bubblegum when he was up to bat. Yeah, let's hear it for Billy. I mean, Vince Scully could get the stuff on anybody. 
if I had made it into the major leagues and I was talking and I was playing for the Los Angeles Dodgers, Jamie Rosny comes to the plate. Now, Jamie, in second grade, always wanted to be a bat boy. That's right. He was a bat boy for the Little League team, the Hinsdale Royals. Yeah. And uh, did he go on to greatness? No, not really. He played. No, he was on a college baseball team, but he didn't play. Uh, you know, he had some doubles for his high school team. Uh, got no 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 awards there. Um, anyway, he hit four, went four for four when he came back from uh, the Ted Klazuski baseball camp. Woohoo! That's what Vince Scully would do. He was great. He was great, and he could take the show like Bob Uecker ball by himself. Oh, God love you. Keep going, Bob. Anyway, Vince Scully passed away, and what a great, great man, a great, great uh, fan of the game, a great lover of the Dodgers, and a great broadcaster. So that was that guy. Now we're going to go through some of the other guys that passed away, but I would want, I'd be remiss if I didn't start with my White Sox baseball players that have gone the way of the Buffalo in 2022. Um, and there are a couple of them, and uh, unfortunately, uh, one was Joel Horland, number twenty. I, you know, I remember these guys' numbers because I was just a fan of that team. You couldn't get a bigger baseball fan of the Chicago White Sox than me. Now there are other guys that might think they are, but no. I watched more be- mediocre baseball from Comiskey Park than probably anybody else unless you worked for the White Sox. Joel Horland, what a great player, what a great guy, what a great, great addition to that pitching staff with Wilbur Wood and Gary Peters and Juan Pizarro. All those other guys are still alive as far as I know. Now, the other departed White Sox was Pistol Pete Ward, number eight. The dude got so dirty every game because... He was always diving for ground balls. He was always sliding. He was an exciting guy for five foot nine, two hundred and twenty pounds. Now he couldn't motor very fast, but his effort was second to none. And uh, Pete Ward, man, he could hit home runs, and that wasn't a ball easy ballpark back then. Now they've shortened the distances at not only at Comiskey when before they tore it down, but at the the cell or White Sox Park or guaranteed rate field, the field with the arrow pointing down. Now, the White Sox arrows pointing up this year. They're trending up. But Pete Ward, what a great ball player. And he came to the White Sox in one of the great trades of all time. The White Sox traded Louis Aparicio, and in exchange they got Dave Nicholson, Pete Ward, Ron Hansen, and I believe Hoyt Wilhelm, if I'm not mistaken. Now, Hoyt may have come in a different deal, but that's the way I remember it. Heck, that was in the 60s. This is now 2023. That was 60 years ago. Give me a break. Who remembers other numbers? Well, you know, we're back on the Joe DiMaggio diet. Does anybody remember what Joe DiMaggio's number was? Now, you can remember the Yankees have a host of famous numbers. My favorite number on the Yankees was number eight, Yogi Berra. We all know that. The Yogi Man was great. Another famous number, another spectacular number was number seven, Mickey Mantle. Another famous number was number one, Billy Martin. And I haven't even gotten to the two most famous numbers that people remember. 
And number four was Larrapin Lou, the Iron Horse, Garrick, the greatest baseball player of all time, in my opinion. And then the greatest home run hitter of all time, number three, none other than George Herman Babe Ruth. Woohoo! Sold the Yankees from the Boston Red Sox so that the owner of the Red Sox could recoup some of his losses. Anyway, the Bambino. Now, another famous Yankee, the Yankee Clipper. Where have you gone, Joe DiMaggio, the husband of Marilyn Monroe? And I'm telling you what, you know, that doesn't happen easily. Um, Number five. Who's number five? Well, I'll tell you, Brooks Robinson, famous number five. Um, Bubba Phillips on the 59 White Sox, another famous number five. Now, I don't have to look at the lineup to see what number Bubba was. I can tell you the numbers on pretty much all the 59 White Sox, but I won't bore you. Who cares? Got one White Sox fan that's a listener out there. Anyway, some of the other guys that went the way of the uh, diamond in the sky, Maury Wills. One of the great Dodgers, all-time base-stealing champion. Uh, Larry Bittner, uh, uh, you know, he was one of my coaches at fantasy camp. Larry Bittner played the outfield for the Cubs a little bit, and uh, Larry unfortunately passed away. Gene Kleins, another fantasy camper, he passed away. Julio Cruz, there's a Julio Cruz Jr. now. Uh, One of the great hitters, number 12 for the Los Angeles Dodgers, Tommy Davis. There was a Willie Davis and a Tommy Davis. They were both great. Willie probably got the nod during that era uh, from the broadcasters and writers of the world. Tommy Davis could flat out hit. Now, you know, everybody likes to think that, oh, back then nobody changed teams. They all changed teams. Tommy was on three or four teams, including the uh, White Sox and He wore number 12 and flat out could play baseball. What a great player. May have played in the Dusty Baker era. I'm not sure. But Tommy, unfortunately, uh, passed away. Another great Cub pitcher, number 37, Dick Ellsworth. And again, I'm going over these numbers without looking back. Are you impressed? No. Do you care? Not really. Dick Ellsworth was a really, really good left-handed pitcher for a really, really bad team. The Cubs had Don Cardwell, Dick Ellsworth, Glenn Hobby, Mo Drabowski, uh, Ernie Banks. They sucked in that era. They were, they were as bad as they are now. Uh, Jeremy Giambi, he was uh, one of the stars in Moneyball. Jason Giambi, his brother, was much more successful. The country boy, Mark Luttrell. Thank God I'm a country boy. I'll tell you what, when the Cardinals were in the World Series and in the hunt, and Luttrell was their relief pitcher. Every time he came in, unlike Major League, where you know uh, Charlie Shields or whatever his name was, they, they would play. They would play uh, uh, Wild Thing. And uh, when Mark Luttrell came in, and Luttrell had these big giant glasses too, they would play "Country Boy" by John Denver. Thank God I'm a. And the, uh, Mark Luttrell would come in, and he would friggin'. He was good. I, he might have even been in the uh, famous 1985 World Series. I'm not sure when the uh, Royals beat the uh, Cards along with Don Denkinger. You remember Don Denkinger, the umpire who made that call? Instant replay now. Cardinals win another one of those friggin' World Series, but thank God they didn't have replay back then. Um, you know, 
With the call been reversed, yeah, well, that would have been one of the calls that took about two and a half seconds. But, hey, God love Don Denkinger, I do, and uh, he is not on this list. Um, so we have another White Sox guy, number 23, Bob Locker, who was a really good, solid relief pitcher. Uh, another Yankee, Hector Lopez. Hector wore number 10, I believe, a number that is not retired. Uh, and then a Hall of Famer. And I have a really, really fun picture. Uh, and I'll get it down because I can't remember what it says. But when Gaylord was on the Texas Rangers with Davey Nelson, yeah, I got to call him Davey Nelson. I mean, it's really Dave, David Earl Nelson. Uh, Baseball-wise, he was Davey, the Brewer fans. Davey, Davey. Probably Davey when he coached for the Indians. Davey when he played for the Rangers. Davey when he played for the Royals. Nelly was a hell of a good player and my best buddy, as you all know. Anyway, a Hall of Famer, Mr. Put Vaseline in Your Hair, Gaylord Perry, passed away. Um, unfortunate for us, but we all are going to go. Kurt Simmons, a hell of a player. And then just yesterday, which would have been 2023, we had uh, Nate Colbert pass away. And um, it's, it's sad, especially when... You know, they're guys that you watched play a lot. San Diego Hall of Fame in the uh, San Diego Hall of Fame club. Nate Colbert, hell of a player. There are a lot of players. And anyway, we're going to finish up with the money ball of 2023 where the owners are just like, what are some of the owners? What's John Sherman thinking? I paid a billion dollars. Yeah, I've diversified. I've got Patrick Mahomes when he's not throwing touchdowns or selling burgers at Whataburger. He's uh, one of my partners in the Royals. Um, Aaron Judge deserved it, broke Babe Ruth's record, Roger Maris's record, Barry Bonds' record, Mark Grace's record, Sammy Sosa's record, although the Major League Baseball kind of sticks their nose up at that. Aaron Judge broke the American League record for home runs. We can say that unequivocally. Um, game number 162, so he's right there with Roger Maris. No asterisk for Aaron Judge. Here come the judge. A free agent. He turned down $250 million or something. Bet on himself, folks. That's a big bet. You know, could have could have any number of things, as we've seen in in the most recent past, sadly. Uh, your career in an instant, can end as uh, the, and I'm not saying his career is over, but we all watched the Monday night football game this past Monday night between the Bills and the the Bengals, and we saw um, Hamlin tackle, make what looked like an ordinary tackle. Um, It appeared like it might have cost him his life. Now, the news out of Cincinnati is Hamlin's doing better. Uh, neurologically, he's got some uh, activity and some good, or no reason to believe it's not normal activity. And so he's uh, hopefully going to breathe on his own today when they disconnect the ventilator. And uh, we hope that we see him back on the field. But if not, he'll be administering his um, charity in Pittsburgh, where he started a $2,500 GoFundMe page to buy toys and clothes for Pittsburgh children that didn't have the same opportunities as many of us enjoy. And, uh, and so he started that. 
And uh, after his injury, and the last time I checked, it was over seven and a half, maybe eight million dollars. So, you know, when he's out of the hospital, if he doesn't play football, uh, he can administer that fund. And God bless everybody that donated to that GoFundMe page. Wow. I mean, it was a tragic moment where for the first time in NFL history, they canceled the game. And I don't think they're going to play it. Uh, They'll just figure out. Uh, how Buffalo has the number one seed and the Chiefs don't get a pass on opening day. But I don't think I don't think anybody's going to be petty enough to really think about that anymore after everybody was holding their collective breaths to make sure that this young man from uh, the Buffalo Bills survived. And it looks like he's going to do that. So anyway, I don't know how we went from Aaron Judge uh, to that scenario. But Trey Turner signed an 11-year contact for $300 million. Um, Xander Bogarts left the Boston Red Sox and was the Padres just tried to give away money to anybody. They've been doing that. They got, they got their their average annual value is going to exceed uh, triple some of these other teams. I mean, between Machado and uh, the you know Tatis, and uh, they've got Bogarts. They tried to get Correa. They're just throwing money away, but. Bogart signed an 11-year, $280 million deal. The Red Sox uh, avoided arbitration with um, Devers, their third baseman, in a, in a move they needed. They paid him $17 million, which was chump change. Uh, a couple days later, he signed a $20 million signing bonus and I believe an 11-year, $330 million extension. <laughs> it's a nice extension. Anyway, oh, my God. Um, Jason DeGrom, five years, $185 million with the uh, Rangers, who are just putting up the numbers for they're going to have a good team. Now, you know, the, the West in the American League, the West in the National League, these are good divisions, man. I mean, the Mariners, the Astros, the Angels, the Rangers, whoo, and then the A's. I mean, who wants to be an A? I don't know. I guess I would. But there ain't a big line after me. Uh, Brandon Nemo, the Mets, Cohen, five years, $102 million. He doesn't even make the top five of payroll of the Mets. Can you believe that? Frankie Lindor and Scherzer and Verlander and da-da-da-da-da, Correa. And you got Nemo jumping in there. Uh, Wilson Contreras. Five years, $87 million. Uh, Cubs could have done that. Verlander, two years, $86 million. I don't think he has to worry about living off of Kate, his uh, Sports Illustrated swimsuit model wife. And uh, then you had Triwan Walker, four years. I've never even heard of this guy. He's making $72 million bucks for the Phils. Who signed Trey Turner? Good. That was a good deal. They got Turner. They got Real Muto. They got Harper, Schwarber. Um, I'm sure I'm leaving out. Uh, they've got Castellanos. They got everybody coming back. Everybody's pumped. They got a great manager and third base coach, Duke Wathan, Dusty Wathan. Duke's his dad. Frequent guest on the lighter side of baseball. You got Jameson Talon. That I talked about four years, sixty-eight with the Cubs. Abreu three years, fifty-eight. Rizzo two years, forty million. On and on and on and on and on. Uh, the money's just 
going the way it's just going down the tubes. So you immediately, you know, the last couple of years, I hate to admit it, my joy has come from rooting against teams. Isn't that sad? I rooted against the Mets. I rooted against the White Sox. I rooted against whoever I could root against. I didn't root. I didn't have anybody that I really liked, like the Brewers, sort of. Jeez, you know, how do you root for them or the Cardinals as a cubby? I don't think you do. Anyway, um, now I got teams I'm pumped up about. Here are the teams I'm going to try to see live and in person this year and then do a podcast from each trip. Well, the first is obvious, Wrigley. And I have to go by. I'm going to go into the betting facility. By God, I'm not going to be such a, such a wuss. I'm going to go across the street, buy a joint. Uh, at the marijuana uh, store directly across the street from the betting parlor. And then I'm going to go in there and bet a few games with whether it's FanDuel or the other guy. I'm going to chew a couple gummies uh, illegally, totally legally. I'm going to have a, a bet at the uh, betting facility. And then I'm going to go to my seat, maybe make a bet on my phone. And so what else is there of the... Uh, you know, of what they say, all the uh, dirty money, uh, the only thing left is prostitution. You got betting, you got uh, drugs, and uh, now you've got um, uh, prostitution trying to make its way into Major League Baseball. I mean, FTX made it. Can you see the umpires wearing, go uh, take yourself over to uh, 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 Maria and, and Betty's uh, uh, parlor where you can smoke dope, make a bet, and, uh, you know, <laughs> do whatever you do at uh, a house of ill repute. I wouldn't know. Anyway, I'm uh, just kidding. That is light. Come on, you're not going to hear that on another podcast, right? Right. That's it, folks. This is awesome. This is fun. 2023 is going to be a blast. And not just with marijuana. Uh, kidding. Kidding, you know. This is a very... Open show, and we're going to try to have a new guest every week, a new topic every week. We're going to follow the Cubs. We're going to follow the Sox. We're going to follow the Brewers. We're going to follow the Padres. We're going to follow the Rangers, and we're going to follow the Angels and maybe a couple other teams, you know. The Blue Jays are going to be tough. We're going to go through each division like every other podcast. We're talking about who's going to win. This is the MLB Network now, you know. I'll tell you what, Jake Peavy's the real deal. Um, they have some good, good guys. Dan the man, uh, he's good. They, they, they're good. Uh, I'm not a fan of some of the, the permanent hosts, although I like Harold Reynolds. But uh, that's okay. We're having more women broadcasters. We're having more women announcers on the uh, field PA. We're having women in the front office with the Marlins and the Brewers and maybe some other teams. That's awesome. That is awesome. We have women. We have sponsorships. We have betting. We have uh, we have it all on the podcast, The Lighter Side of Baseball. So listen to last year's. They're fun. Go back. Do a little history. And uh, we'll be back next week with another exciting episode. That would be year five, episode two. This is episode one. Let's listen to a few good 
strums of uh, Tyler's wonderful music at the end of the show, and we'll go from there. So I hope you've enjoyed it. I've had fun. Go Cubs, go Sox. I'm excited to be a Sox fan again, and uh, we will talk to you when we're one week closer to spring training. And so, for Jamie Retzke and my production team in Honolulu, Hawaii, Tyler, hopefully your dad's listening anyway, Tyler, that'll be it for On the Lighter Side of Baseball for today, uh, early January. And uh, we're hoping and praying that Mr. Hamlin makes a full recovery. We're hoping and praying that uh, there's no lockout, there's baseball, there's new rules, and uh, we have fun this year, folks. That's it. Have a great day.